Hi, my name is Ava. This is your Truth for Your 20s podcast with your host, Katie Bormer, my mom. Enjoy listening. I was the girl who looked for love in boys and Bacardi and wouldn't be caught dead at a Bible study. Now I wrote a book and record this podcast about how I learned that God isn't a bunch of rules, but in fact, He gives us absolute freedom. I also speak to college women nationwide about how my background in marketing led me to see the $100 million power of influence college women have over the marketplace. Yet these same college women are crying into their latte over some stinking boy. Basically, I've learned that today's 20-somethings are believing the same lies I believed when I was that age. And I am on a mission to replace those lies with truth. People call me a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, my heart is to be who I needed when I was younger and to bring you the best available truth for your 20s. Thanks to Solo Eyewear for offering Truth For Your 20s listeners an opportunity to change the world and save 20%. With every purchase of Solo Eyewear sunglasses, you help restore sight to children and families worldwide. Get yourself a cute pair of shades, give the gift of sight, and save 20% when you head to soloeyewear.com and use promo code TRUTH. This is my new friend, Sarah. Say hello, Sarah. Hi. Hi. I, I actually almost said, hello, Sarah. Just out of Hello, habit. Sarah. Hello. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> hello, me. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, y'all, like she's the coolest person ever, just FYI. And I found my friend Sarah by a late night TikTok scroll. You guys know how this is. And she has had some raps that she does go viral. This is just the most creative, cool thing. She does clever raps. And correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, but people just like give you crazy words and you're challenged to make a song out of them, right? Yes. Just just random, simple ideas. Like here's a chipmunk yeah. and a piece of popcorn. Blah, you know, just random stuff. <laughs> So someone said, I bet you can't make a rap out of a hippopotamus and an orange, <laughs> right? Yeah. And she was yeah. like, oh, bet I can. And <laughs> no big deal, like 8 million views later or something like that. What is it now? Last time I looked, it was something like that. It, uh, not quite. It is 6.5 million. Well, by the time this airs, it will at least be eight. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. And it's just like taking the TikTok world by storm. So clever, so cute. And her passion is to do clean content. It doesn't have to be, you know, offensive or have cuss words. It's just funny and cute. And I love her. Anyway, so that's how I found my friend Sarah. And come to find out, she's even way cooler than that because she found her voice along this way of this journey of chasing her dreams and not taking herself too seriously. So anyway, you guys, I'm just really excited to have her on here. But Sarah, I know I gave them a little bit of, you know, who you are, but kind of give them in a nutshell who you are, how you're in Nashville, what you're doing, all of that good stuff. Okay. Yeah. So I am based in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm actually from Indiana. So I grew up in Indiana, went to Indiana University. I did this internship. We'll probably talk about it at some point um, where I did door-to-door book sales, long story. But when I did that, I actually recruited people at the University of Tennessee. And that company is based in Nashville. And over the years, you know, I was having more interest in music and doing more songwriting things. And so all those things kind of played together to put me in Nashville. 
So now, um, by day, I, you know, I work for a company called Self Publishing School. So I actually help aspiring authors write and publish their books. I love oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then by night, I, uh, <laughs> by night, <laughs> in the middle of the night, I am a, I am a quote, famous TikToker. Quotes around the word famous, you know, but um, <laughs> I'm making my videos, my songs, and doing my creative stuff. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. I follow another, you know, quote, famous TikToker, and she was like, uh, no one told me when you get famous on TikTok, you still have to do laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Is do. that true, Sarah? Is that true? It's true. Bummer. I know. Uh, I, I was sure that once you reach TikTok fame, that would no longer be the case. I'm just kidding. So many things I'm sure went into this. And one of my favorite quotes is, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. <laughs> so here you are, you know, with these viral TikTok videos, but I'm sure that didn't happen overnight. So yes, as we talked about your internship is something that you kind of mentioned, helped you find your voice. And I'm sure going door to door, asking people to buy children's books, wasn't something <laughs> you dreamed of as a little girl. However, <laughs> it helped, but it helped unlock this kind of voice or inner brave inside of you. So walk us through that. Oh my gosh. I honestly could talk about it for 20 hours. I will not. I promise. <laughs> but long okay. story short, yeah, long story short for anyone listening, the company is called Southwestern Advantage. They're awesome. They're based in Nashville. And five summers during college, you knock on doors for 80 hours a week selling educational books and websites to help kids with their education. So um, it's so interesting. So it's like, well, how is that connected with what you're doing now? So through that whole process, there's so many factors that led to where I'm at now. One of them is just like learning uh, skills and character and habits and positive attitude. And all of that applies to anything you do, you know, like that applies to people who want to be engineers and songwriters, whatever. So that was huge. But really, actually, the internship itself is what helped me embrace how much I love silly songwriting and silly music video making because well to start off when you do well in the internship you actually you, you win a trip to Mexico so nice. I was yeah it's called Sizzler it's so crazy you know you're partying on a beach for a week celebrating your success of selling lots of books but the cool thing about the program is through causation and correlation both awesome talented people do the program and so you meet all these awesome talented college yeah. students or recent college grads because people do it after that too um, but I met this guy named Nate Hambrick. We just connected. And I found out that he uh, is a producer. He's like super talented, has all this recording equipment. And that's who I made my first EP with because I used to make like normal pop music. Like just, yeah. well, I, I guess I still do. You have an amazing voice too. Thank you. Thank you so much. But then yearly, the book company would have a contest where you would make like a parody song or a silly song and a music video all about how crazy and weird our internship is. And so I would enter that every year. And that's when I started writing more silly songs because my songs were <laughs> just about the experience of doing door-to-door -door sales and making videos for them. So anyway, there's so many different factors. I could go off on a million different tangents, but meeting my producer who actually recorded my music, the connection of making the silly songs and videos and having a reason to and a reason to get better at it because I did it every year and it was so fun, so fun. And that's that's a huge springboard for where I'm at now. 
I think that it's so interesting because, you know, a lot of young people will like, oh, you know, I hate this job. I hate where I am. I hate what I'm doing right now is not where I want to be. However, God is such a good father because if he puts us, you know, in front of a stage of millions of people doing our quote dream job day one, we're not ready for that. And we have to be developed and and learn the not glamorous parts to be where we are now. I mean, for example, I was working in a low budget cable company doing voiceover work and like making low budget commercials. Now I have a podcast and I'm doing, you know, like editing and stuff like that. Having no idea my, you know, 24 year old self would use those skills later. So I just think it's interesting too, you know, you going door to door and getting brave, first of all, knocking on doors and making these videos that are like springboarding your career. I think that's amazing. Exactly. Exactly. You nailed it. Like not only just who I am as a person and I'm confident enough to keep practicing and and keep getting better at this and putting myself out there and owning something kind of unique, but also the actual networking connections and, you know, opportunities that led to this specific thing. So yeah, you nailed it. Okay. Yes. Yes. And I want to talk about that too for a second, putting yourself out there. I remember when I first started doing what I was doing, I like needed someone to tell me, what does that look like? How do you put yourself out there? And in this world where everyone has a videographer in their back pocket called a cell phone, <laughs> you know, but it's still scary. And, you know, you want to have your makeup right or you tell yourself you're you're having a bad hair day or whatever. How do you put imperfect yet relatable yet awesome content out there? I feel like that's what is relatable because you aren't, you don't have all the hair and the makeup and the perfect stuff. You're just a real person. And that's what makes you, I think, doing so awesome. So I don't know, can you help us kind of unpack that how you put yourself out there? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that that you see that. That's so great. Yeah, I would say one of the biggest things is your vibe attracts your tribe. I did not make that up. That's a thing people say. (laughs) And, And I know the kind of people that I connect with are like me, and they embrace their imperfections. And people you know, people, of course, idolize people who seem perfect. Like if you think about the biggest pop stars and everything, but I'm really not trying to encourage people to be perfect or have expectations of themselves to be perfect. So why would I paint myself in a perfect light, you know, when it's just not true and way too much effort, way too much effort. I know. Right. But when you first started doing it, did you, did you, were you comfortable with day one, just putting yourself out there perfectly imperfect? Or did you like have more hesitations? Like how did it start for you? I honestly think it comes back down to the door to door thing. Like I, uh, it's so funny. Anyone listening to this is going to be like, wow, I've never wanted to do door to door sales before until I heard this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because when you first start out doing that job, oh my gosh, it is so scary. I mean, it's the definition of putting yourself out there, like knocking on doors and, and you wait, but you hear the footsteps and you like, tense up and you're like oh this is awkward what if they're in the middle of something and then you're just like hey i'm sarah <laughs> i'm selling kids books i didn't yeah. make that noise. but it's just this <laughs> it's just this and you do it all day and so you're what you're doing is building a muscle you know i was building a muscle yes. of of being okay with there's nothing more imperfect than just showing up at someone's house to sell them something <laughs> no one yeah. plans that you know, it has all this bias around it. It's totally conquering fear every door because no one expects you and you can, you can get rejected and all the things. Kind of like you said, you don't, um, as a little girl, I didn't dream of being a door-to-door salesperson. <laughs> People don't dream uh, or think in the morning, I hope a door-to-door salesperson shows up. 
you know? And so just that all those interactions over and over and over again, which were, by the way, largely positive because they trained us so well to be respectful. And you're just a college student. You're not intimidating. Yeah. Just that repeated process, I think, built a a muscle of me getting used to putting myself out there in an imperfect kind of, kind of ridiculous situation. Like, Hey, I'm selling kids books, you know? So I got used to it. And that like translated to, okay, I'm going to get my cell phone and I'm just going to, you know, put myself out there and you learn so much. I think that's so powerful. And I was thinking about how, oh, James Franco, that's his name. I couldn't remember the actor for a second, but I remember learning about him. And when he was working at McDonald's as a teenager, he started, he knew he wanted to be an actor and started developing different accents and stuff. So every time he served a customer, he would be like British or uh, European or whatever, like different accents. And literally like serving coffee and hamburgers helped him become who he is now. Isn't that cool? And so you going door to door helped you become who you are now. So, I mean, I just want to encourage encourage everyone who's listening, who's flipping burgers or scrubbing toilets, like it can be used to something down the road. You just may not see yet, but also having that framework of, I wonder how God is going to use this later in my story. So don't be discouraged if you're making minimum wage, doing an unglamorous job, because you never know where it can go. Yes. And, and you know what? I just want to reemphasize too. That is so true. It's preparing, always preparing you for something greater that you're not going to be able to see. And that's why I, well, I probably did it for so long because I did genuinely enjoy it. So that's why you should yeah. not, I didn't put pressure on myself to sell a ton of books because that wasn't my identity. And it's not like I was going to do that until I'm 60. So taking the pressure yeah. off too in the moment. And just, I just enjoyed my conversations with people. So like your example of, you know, flipping hamburgers or selling coffee, just enjoy the daily conversations you have with people. Enjoy befriending your coworkers who you're there with enjoy weirdly having all this coffee knowledge, you know, that's kind of fun. You can make a really good coffee drink. I don't know, just appreciating the little moments and unglamorous jobs too, because they're going to prepare you for the future and then they can be fun in the moment. Okay. Well, that's a perfect lead in to my next question because so the way we do this guys is when I'm talking with someone about being part of the podcast, just going to ask them a few questions. And Sarah said something that just jumped off the page to me. And she said her life's mission, she feels like is for people to not take themselves too seriously. And my goodness, in today's age, more so than anywhere, how important this message is to not take yourself so seriously. And as you said, like serving coffee and enjoying that moment, what a great lead in to just to do this, not take themselves so seriously. Such a good question. Yes, I really do. I really do think that is my life mission. <laughs> I love because, that. Thank you so much. I, I think one of the biggest parts, ironically, about not taking yourself too seriously is embracing the fact that serious or annoying or frustrating or painful thoughts, feelings, you know, circumstances are going to happen. They're going to happen in big and small ways every single day. And, and people get so like, I don't know, trying to always avoid them or trying to, of course, be perfect and live a perfect life. And so whenever those things happen, you know, even something as small as oh, I spilled coffee on my shirt, now I, I'm going to have a coffee stain in my shirt for my school picture, you know? Oh, oh no. <laughs> what are we going to do? I know, I know there's a lot of ways you can like really ingrain this and realize it. But a big thing is one, the best books and movies we know, the best stories we know or of people we admire or even fictional people 
have conflict and the main character has flaws and annoying things happen to them and they have to solve problems and they have to overcome things, you know, and just embrace that. Cause if your life was perfect and if you were perfect, it would be so boring. That's not a story anybody would read. And so when, you know, inconveniences happen, it's like, well, this will make a good story. I'm going to, you know, tell my roommates, I'm going to put this on social media as a thing for people to laugh about. So yeah, I, I just am really passionate about helping people not be so hard on themselves. Like people are so, so yeah, people are so hard on themselves when not only is it, you know, growing you as a person can turn into a good story, but also even if just something sucks and that's it, like this too shall pass. This, will this matter in five years? Will this even matter in five minutes? A lot of the times, no, (laughs) you know? Like, can I use this as a chance to practice my patience so that I'm a better mom one day? Yes. So much of the time. I think the word that's very cliche and big picture is perspective, but there's a lot of different ways you can talk about it. Yes. You moved to Nashville as, how old were you when you moved there? 24. I was 24. So 24 by yourself, I'm assuming? No, I moved in with a couple girls who were uh, also part of the book program. So I had a nice okay, living okay, situation. Okay, so you had some friends. Okay, yes, good. I did. Well, I was like, I mean, either way, whether you had friends or not, that's still a big move to, yeah. I mean, a long way away from home. And, you know, that that's a big step in itself. So what can you tell the girl who maybe wants to pursue her career in music or, or whatever it is, move or not move? Like, what can you tell your younger self when you were kind of debating that decision about moving? Oh, good question. I would say the, the key here is small steps. So it can seem like such a big step to like, okay, let's say move to Nashville from Indiana. It's not like when you move, let's use this example. It's not like when you move to Nashville, well, Carrie Underwood's going to show up at your door and say, okay. Wait, she doesn't? No, it's, I'm so disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but it's not like they're going to show up and force you to be at that level right away. Yeah. Yeah, man, you know, something I really care about people are always, if they're asked to sing or if they're asked to, oh, I don't know, perform in some way or do a thing. People are always like, oh, I'm not good at that. Or, oh, I'm not, uh, I'm not ready. Or I I don't have a lot of experience. Of course you don't. A seed is a seed before it is a flower. And no one expects people to be born amazing singers. Like that's so rare. No one expects that. And so yeah, the cool thing too is when I got to Nashville, just you know, meeting other musicians in the at open mics and things like that. Oh my gosh, so friendly. I don't know if it's the same in LA and New York, but Nashville, so accepting. I I've done great performances. I've done honestly very mediocre ones where I forgot the words and I was nervous and my breathing was weird. No one cares. They yeah. only care about themselves. They're not thinking about yeah. you. They care about themselves and what people are thinking about them. (laughs) So true. I mean, I think about that in workout classes. I'm a yoga instructor and people say, oh, I can't come because I'm not flexible and don't look at me because I can't do this. I'm like, listen, I might be on the little uh, front of this room or whatever, but I'm just trying not to die myself. So I'm not worried that you can or can't touch your toes. Like no one's worried about that. We're just trying to do what's on our own little area of our workout area. No one's sitting there critiquing your every song or every workout move or that's that's true in so many areas of life and I think art in general it's just uh, just because of 
media and society is always measured um, by skill. Like we have a tendency to always measure people by skill and talent and objective expertise and things like that. Oh my gosh, God, it's literally in the Bible. God created us to make a joyful noise, to express ourselves just for the sake of expressing ourselves. Like if you don't want to make money with it, you know, then don't worry about it. And if you do work towards that, it's like not this crazy high expectation thing. We just watched the Michael Jordan documentaries, the, uh, the last dance is what it's called. And I, my husband was even saying, I'm surprised how much you like that. Cause I'm not like really into sports, but what I found so fascinating about it is yes, Michael Jordan was born tall. You can't argue, you know, he was quote born with that, but everything else was learned. He played baseball. He played other sports. His brothers said that they were better than him at basketball when they were growing up and he was kicked off his high school basketball team but he practiced like none other. They would win a game and he'd be at practice the next morning. He'd be at practice the night after a game. He practiced, practiced, practiced. And now he's arguably one of the best basketball players of our time. And so I I don't like this idea of your quote, born with anything. Um, I actually also read that book by Carol Dweck, Mindset. And it it says that- Me too. Yeah, isn't it so good? Yes. That book, Okay, guys, you have to read that. It's called Mindset. And it's kind of debunking this whole idea of you're born with anything. You're born with a certain IQ. You're born with whatever. They're even looking at like Mozart and not saying that he was born necessarily with a musical skill, but born with that interest. And he became so interested in music that he just digested everything there was to digest about it. And anything you practice, you get better at. So whether it's music or basketball or rapping, I mean, you're going to get better at it. So I just find that so fascinating. There are still a lot of unknowns for fall semester. But one thing I know for sure is if you are a sorority woman listening to this, your sorority is going to need some motivation when you get back. Let's talk about making a difference in the community. Setting positive trends, changing the dating world, can I get an amen, and getting back to your founding sisters' dreams of sisterhood that held each other to a higher standard and never let each other fall. You guys, I'm now booking both virtual and in-person events for fall semester. I would love to bring this message to your sorority. I would love to talk to you about how I truly believe sorority women can be the change we need to see in this world. I know it from a marketing perspective. I have tons of research to prove you guys are trendsetters. Let's talk about making trends that matter. All the details you need can be found on my website at katiebulmer.life or simply send me an email. Just katie at katiebulmer.life. Yes, in fact, so I actually have a YouTube video. Anyone who's listening, if you want to look it up and look at me, be very mediocre. (laughs) Um, There's two. One is the first time I ever wrote a song and performed that song in front of hundreds of people. It's called Dr. Ban, Why Won't You Stay? I know it sounds super random. It was a parody song I wrote about my principal, my senior year of high school. And the it went over very well, actually, because it, the lyrics were funny and they landed really well. But my singing in that one is like, yeah, it's very okay. It's very okay. And that's okay. It's so much better now because of how much I practice. And the second song I ever wrote actually <laughs> was another parody. It was, it's called I Saw You Had Stubble instead of I Knew You Were Trouble by Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it's about how I, I wasn't a fan of 
beards in my senior year of high school, I guess. And yeah, my, my vocal ability um, is just night and day, like from that song to now, like it's okay. in that one, but it's so much better now because of the work I've put in. So yeah. For what okay. So you were doing videos in high school. So the one video is just a video my sister took of me performing at our, our choir concert when I wrote the parody about my, my principal. And then the second one, I wasn't really in the habit of it. I mean, I recorded that one because I liked the song I wrote, but I didn't post videos in high school. Those were probably the only two that okay, are. You're just kind of playing around with it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of playing around with it, but you kind of interlocked, unlocked your secret sauce by selling door-to-door children's books, we can say. Yeah. One more thing that I think is totally encompassing of what we're talking about too is in college, this is something that people always worry about, their college major. Oh, what am I going to study in college? You know, oh, is it going to be worth it? Am I going to do it forever? I studied journalism uh, at Indiana. Definitely not a journalism major. (laughs) I mean, it's a journalism career person, sorry. And one of the things I learned in journalism was how to use a professional camera and how to edit video. And that's what gave me the software and ability to make those initial like door-to-door book music videos that are silly. Which again is a springboard for now. Yeah. So again, that's what I used for my college major that I that I'm not using to make, you know, my day job now. But it was so useful to get me to where I am now, pursuing my passion. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Well, but speaking about your day job, you help aspiring authors. So I just want to touch on that for a second because I know there's girls listening. I've had several conversations with girls who want to be authors and daggum fear tells them they, they're not good enough. They're not smart enough, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And I feel like today, day and age, I had a much easier experience than even maybe 10 to 15 years ago, authors trying to get published because of the resources that we have. Um, but what is your experience in helping aspiring authors? Oh my gosh. Especially if anyone's listening and you want to write a book, you can write a book because yes. guess what? If okay, this is recorded. <laughs> is this recorded? Yes, Sarah. It's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, if you just transcribed any part of you and I's conversation right now, if you just put it on paper, okay, send it to an editor. That's a great book. It's a great little booklet about not taking yourself so seriously. So yeah. I always tell people, you don't have to. Oh my gosh, I've had people on the phone say, I don't know if I want to jump into this because. I need to take a writing class. No, you don't. There are editors for all the little imperfections. It actually comes back to my advice of, of anything you're pursuing that seems daunting, small steps. Everyone knows this. But even with glamorous things like writing a book, JK Rowling was not born. And and at eight years old, just the Harry Potter series flew out of her fingertips right away. Like that did not happen. So, you know, I would just say, whenever you're thinking about that kind of thing, especially with writing a book, what's the end result you want your, your readers to feel right from that place, brain dump all your thoughts on paper, go back through it later. You know, there's just, it's small steps that lead to a bigger picture. Yes, yes. And amen. When I had the idea of writing a book, I thought, well, I have to have like five hour blocks, four days a week, which no one has. And I'm like, it just never happened. But then I found 30 minute breaks when my kids went to bed and 20 minute breaks here and even sometimes 15 minute breaks. And that adds up. And before I knew it, knew it, knew it. Before I knew it, <laughs> I had a book. And so, yeah, just encourage, like what you said, small steps is everything. I mean, no one has 
hours and money and like all the resources available, but we all have a little bit. So C.S. Lewis, and who's the guy who wrote Lord of the Rings? Do you know? Uh, Jake, uh, J.R. Tolkien, J.R. Tolkien. Okay, good. I was about to say this, but people are, people are listening. They're like, who know this? But anyway, (laughs) they were friends. I heard a story about how they were friends. Lord of the Rings guy was like, uh, you know, this is crap. I'm I'm not going to finish it. Like I'm, you know, telling himself he's no good and just going to throw it away. And C.S. Lewis was like, no, I need to know how the story ends. So please keep writing. And so it just was speaks volume to having a friend, first of all, to pour into you. And what if he listened to those naysayers, mean voices in his head saying it's got not good enough, bazillions of people would not have the Lord of the Rings series. So even great authors tell themselves that they have nothing to add to this world. So if they say (laughs) they have mean voices, then you're, you just means you're normal. If you have mean voices in your head too, that's all. Yes. Yes. Totally agree. Breach. Okay. I need to hear all about the hippo song. (laughs) Like what in the world? And now it's on Spotify and like a whole thing. So tell me the story. This is such a cool story. I can't believe I haven't even told it to you. Like I haven't even emailed you at any point. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it's so funny because like I said, what I do on TikTok is I, I, I made a video. I said, Hey, comment below your song ideas. Like I can write a 30 second rap in like 15 to 30 minutes. That's my thing. And I'm like, just give me random ideas. And then someone commented, you know, uh, doing about a hippopotamus and an orange. And I was like, oh, interesting. Hmm. Uh, and so actually part of my process that's kind of interesting is you would normally think, okay, immediately think of rhymes for orange and hippopotamus. But first I start thinking. Of, <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, but first I start thinking about um, words that are associated with it. Like, okay, vitamin C, okay, a zoo. Okay. You know, I, I start thinking about things like that and then maybe rhyming those. So anyway, I write the song. I think of like a fun prop to put in it, like a container of vitamins and an orange and made it, put it out. It started blowing up so fast. I was freaking out, <laughs> freaking out. And one of the coolest things about TikTok is, just how much creativity is uh, encouraged and how much inspiration there is there. I've actually had a few different producers and, you know, DJs make remixes of my raps. So yeah. So one of them is, is Wilson Malik. He usually does a remix of everyone. It's super cool. And then I found one that from this guy named Kevin and I could see it was like a video of his computer. So the audio wasn't super, super clear but it was clearly a dance beat. And honestly, 90% of what I listen to is uh, dance pop, EDM, like house music. <laughs> and yeah. so I, I messaged him. I said, Hey, the audio sounds great. Can you send it to me? He sends it to me. It's really good. So I tell him, Hey, this is so good. Can we put this on Spotify? Thinking, thinking this guy with 40 TikTok followers is going to just say, Oh yes. Like, yeah. Wow. What a great opportunity. He replies, he says, Hey, Sarah, I love that idea, but I'm actually signed with a record label. So I'm going to CC them on this and see what they think. And I was like, what? I'm available for that. So I I start emailing them um, and they're like, Hey, we actually, we think this is so fun. It's in line with our brand. Uh, Let's have Kevin make it like more than a minute long, a full song. And and they actually offered, um, they're like, we can release it under our label if you want, but it's probably faster we want to get it out sooner you know if you do it through yours and here's the cool thing their label was called bring the kingdom and so i'm like oh that's interesting like you know i don't do research on record labels really 
But, you know, we start planning to release the song. And in the meantime, I'm, I'm looking up the label just out of curiosity. And I realize one of my favorite DJs is, or DJs or producers, is under the label. His name is King Arthur, or Royal King Arthur is his Instagram handle. And I follow him. And th- this guy has like 1.2 million Spotify listeners. Like I've seen, oh. I've literally listened to his songs before. And then he direct messages me. And he <laughs> says, like, what? He says, hey, so glad you're collaborating with Kevin. Like, that's so cool. Uh, hey, are, are you from Indiana? I'm like, yes. It's like, I'm from Indiana. And so is the owner of the record label. And and then he said, also, do you love Jesus? I was like, what? <laughs> and I said, yes, I do. Because I put that in my in my bio. And he said, haha, we all do. I was like, come to find this label. All these people I'm collaborating with are people who love dance music and Jesus. Like that's, that's Those are my kind great. of people. I know. And I, I told him, I said, I'm laughing right. I'm t- texting him or messaging him back. I'm laughing right now because that is so me. And then I actually got to join like, uh, like a zoom call thing they do where they fellowship together and they talk with people in the dance music industry. And it's literally just about Jesus on the call. Like it's not about networking at all. They were so kind, so easy to work with. Um, and now I've, I've never really put any effort towards promoting my Spotify before other than now TikTok. And I have the most Spotify listeners I've ever had just from this vitamin C wow. song. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How do, cause everyone's going to have to listen now. How do they find you on, well, on TikTok? My handle is at, of course, and it's Sarah with an H underscore Maddock, M-A-D-D-A-C-K. So Sarah Maddock with an underscore. I hope that you get a million more followers after this because it's so <laughs> fun. It's so fun. I just love everything you're doing because I'm fangirl over Sarah. And we were having this conversation about her being on my podcast. I was like, what are the chances you could do like a little rap for our truth for your twenties listeners. And to my happiness, <laughs> Sarah said, I would love to, I'm on it. So if you were prepared, I would I love am. my friend for you to share what you made up because I can't even wait. I'm so excited about it. Yay. Okay, cool. So the song that we talked about that I just wrote about my thing, yes. right? Okay, cool. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I, I hope you can like hear because I do my little beat thing. Is this okay? Is this? Yeah, is yeah, this I okay? got it. Yes. Okay. All right, here we got go. It. Let's talk for a minute. Can I have a word? I'm seeing limiting beliefs and I'm kind of concerned, but it's okay if you don't listen to me because I don't take myself that seriously because I'm aware that I'm deeply flawed, but so is everybody else. Thank God. Nobody's got it all figured out that I know of. Just got to give your best. You got to show up to whatever you were called to do. Don't got to let the negativity get to you because it doesn't really matter what the people say because people are thinking about themselves all day. So wherever you're at in your life, take a deep breath. Everyone's trying to find what they do best. Take all the pressure off and take a small step, changing your mind a lot, part of the process. And you don't really need a perfect plan. You just need to be willing to take a chance because a novel without a conflict is pretty boring. So get excited to write your story. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) I'm crying. (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. I can't even stand it. I am going to like cut it up and put it all over social media and possibly tattoo it to my forehead. (laughs) (laughs) To your forehead. People will be like, what is on your face? You'd be like, don't worry guys. It's a great rap. Don't worry. (laughs)
I love it. You're the best. That is so fun. You guys, I'm just so inspired. You know, a girl who trying to find her voice, you know, you kind of have this silly what child at heart personality, start selling books and look at you now just like chasing your passions and and not taking yourself too seriously along the way. I feel like that's such a breath of fresh air, you know, in this this culture of like, be perfect, get in line, behave. Like you're just like, yeah, well, can we also talk about hippopotamus and oranges? So <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much. Of course. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I hope that you guys love that as much as I do. Make sure you check her out on TikTok. Share with them also like where you're on Instagram and all that good stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's actually Sarahmatic everywhere. So again, Sarah with M-A-D-D-A-C-K. It's, uh, that's Instagram. Uh, that's probably my main one. It's Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, TikTok. Okay. So any other like books or resources or anything that you want to recommend that have kind of helped you along the way? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So I was thinking about it. It's interesting because all of these, they don't, it's not like they all fully encompass what we've been mostly talking about on this call about like putting yourself out there and not, not taking yourself so seriously, which is why I'm writing a book about that concept and that'll be out in September, which is exciting. exciting. Uh, Yeah. And I, and like I was saying before, I haven't picked a title for it. So anyone listening, sorry, can't look it up. You can't even look it up in the future, but you know, follow my Instagram. But if you follow her on social, yeah. (laughs) Um, but some of my favorite books that kind of pertain to what we're talking about is, um, Finish by John Acuff. He's actually, yeah, he's in Nashville. Love his writing style. Love him as an author. So good. I mean, just talking about, you know, (laughs) how to conquer fear and and get through your thing. Also Atomic Habits by James Clear. Big, big fan of him. So have you heard of that book? I haven't. It's so good. It's called Atomic Habits. And I know there's like a million habits books out there. I always tell everyone, screw every other habit book like this is the only one you should read like after I read it I just started having better habits and started practicing more songwriting and I started you know implementing things in my life without even trying because the book is just that good just take my word for oh, it oh I'm gonna get it yeah atomic habits atomic right, atomic habits like a like okay, an atomic. atomic and then the, the last one I would say is is called take the stairs by Rory Vaden have you heard of that one I haven't very, very good. Take the stairs. Um, the, the big concept from that one is all about, you know, you're going to be scared, whether it feels like very real fear or just subtle anxiety and tension and stress. But it's saying, you know, do it scared, you know, do the thing anyway, even while do you're scared, scared, because you're going to build momentum. One of the quotes on my vision board says, being brave is being scared to death, but stepping forward anyways. Because yep. you just, I mean, you know what? Fear doesn't go away. You just keep going forward. So, yes. Yeah. Um, Okay. You know, this is called the Truth for Your 20s podcast. So we like to close it with, if you could have coffee with your 20-year-old self, what would you say? (laughs) I would say, fix your eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) And that's it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I I think the biggest thing I would say is honestly what we talked about earlier, which is like, this is worth it. The work you're putting into your classes, the book thing, as in the internship I did selling books. Uh, I mean, practicing singing, even though you don't feel like you're really that good at it right now, like it's all going to pay off insurmountably because, because just like we talked about, God is orchestrating something 
so much bigger than we can imagine. And that is literally in the Bible. (laughs) He surpasses our understanding. (laughs) And even now, even now with my, you know, my recent growth in TikTok and, and where I'm at right now, it's not like, oh, I've made it. It's like, I'm still on a path just like I was in college. Yeah. And I would, you know what else I'd tell myself? I would say, um, yeah, you won't be married by age 23, Sarah. Sorry. <laughs> and, and that's okay. Yes. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Mm. Um, and, it, you know, for other people, it's a wonderful, good God's plan for them to be married by 21. Like, it's just different for everybody. But that's actually something that's um, just a quick side note. That's something that's been a really mm. cool God thing this year where ages 19, I would say 19 to 24, like right before I moved to Nashville, I was very not boy crazy, but I was impatient to meet my husband. I'm very relationship oriented. I I want a bunch of kids, like all about the future wife and mom thing personally for my soul. And I always had that longing and like, oh, I'm ready. I'm mature. And then when I got to Nashville, it's kind of interesting. And really, when I got to Nashville was the first time my lifestyle was even conducive to healthy dating, where I wasn't like moving every three months, because in the book thing, you travel. And then God like totally took that desire away. Like, I just don't really have an interest in dating. I'm, you know, I'm just myself and I'm normal. And I'm, I'm very confident I'll be married one day, Lord willing. But it's just like he's taken that out of my heart, because I think he's been opening all these other doors. And, and I'm really happy about that. You're becoming the best version of your single self, which I always say is so much more attractive than being obsessed with a guy anyway. So that's so amazing. Ah, I love this. Oh, invite me to the wedding when it happens. But in the meantime, (laughs) you sell millions of downloads on your Spotify and do your amazing self. I'm just, I'm so excited about all of this. And I think that all of our listeners are going to be too, because you just spoke to everything, finding your brave, finding your voice you know, not being obsessed with a dude, like all the things I feel like are the things I needed when I was 20 and every girl I mentor as well. Good. Oh, I'm so yeah. glad. I agree. You're the best. All right. You guys go check her out on TikTok and um, we're just going to blast that song everywhere because it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Take a screenshot and put this up on your social. Tag me at Katie Bulmer Life. By the way, I love your DMs. I'm just a regular girl who responds to all my DMs. I never thought I had to clarify that, but apparently some people don't. You actually do me a favor when you reach out and tell me what you want to hear more of because I'm no longer a 20-something, but my passion is to keep my thumbprint on the pulse of what you guys are walking through, what you want to hear more of, what resonates. So please reach out. Do not be shy. And lastly, those of you who leave a review on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope that you gain some truth for your 20s. Hey, my name is Hannah Boomer. Thanks for listening to my mom's podcast. Bye! (laughs) And our work here is done.